Hey, Coffee Breakers. This is just a warning to let you know that this episode contains adult content and may be disturbing to some listeners. Please take caution and listener discretion is advised. Hey, Coffee Breakers. I'm AC. And I'm Scully. And today we are doing a weird one. Yes. Well, it's not as weird as 24 Faces or Don't Pick Up the Phone, but it's still strange. Yeah, the internet took this one and made it something I think it wasn't. Right. No, it totally did. So So, That's what made it weird. Yes. We are covering the Cecil Hotel documentary and also just everything adjacent to it. Um, I was going to get the name of the documentary because I didn't look at that. It's the Cecil. Yeah, but it says something else. Oh, okay. So I was going to get that. You can keep going with whatever you're going to say. Uh, okay. Um, oh, this episode is brought to you by our good fan and friend, Hallie. Yes. Thank you for the notebooks. Thank you for the pens. That's where all notes were taken for this episode. And the coffee cup. She's rocking the coffee cup And right I'm now. rocking the coffee cup with the coffee. Thank you. <laughs> it's Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel on Netflix. That's what we're referencing when we say documentary. When we're talking about the documentary. It's not going to be like our traditional breakdown where we like, in episode one, da 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 no, no, da no, no. We're just going to give you... Kind of an overview of the crazy. Yeah. So, first, I have to ask you. What if I told you we should take a trip? Like, we should go to L.A.? No. And to the last bookstore? Because you like bookstores. I love bookstores. I'll go to the last bookstore. Okay. Then I tell you, we're going to stay at this place that's had murders and suicides and all of that. Would, would you want to stay? I'm not staying. Are we going for Halloween? No. I'll, I'll do a ghost hunter thing. No, no. That's our room. So No, it ain't. <laughs> that, I'm going to give you all the Cecil history first, I think. Okay. So it was opened in 1924. Um, there's some discrepancy. Some say it's 1924. Some say it's 1927. What I found says 1924, so that's what we're going with. Cool. Something I found interesting, too, is they didn't build a parking lot. Like, because apparently the 1920s is when, like, that was starting to come around. Like, vehicles, right? It, well, yeah. Like, it, they they weren't as common in the 20s. I don't think. I want to say it was, like, 1915 when Ford first came, or 1912 or yeah. something. So, I mean, you're thinking about 10 years past. I, I don't know. I figured they'd have some, but they had none. I just thought that was interesting. But anyway, they bought it for... They built it for like a million dollars, which would be like 15 million now, yeah. which is just like mind blowing when you put it all together. But anyway, little did they know that <laughs> five years later, the Great Depression was going to like smack them real hard because at that time it was like in a nice area of L.A. It was an upcoming area. Well, it was downtown, right? Main Street. Right. So it was still at that time was like. A, an upcoming area. Right. When the Great Depression hit, it really, really, like, tanked that whole... Just everything. It tanked whole, everything. It did, but it turned that area into what we now know as Skid Row, which is where oh. a lot of the homeless population of L.A. are. Okay. All right. You ready for these? I'm, I'm scared, but go ahead. All right. So they opened... In 1924, I have that the first suicide was in 1927. Oh, wow. That's like three years. He shot himself after a fight with his wife. 1930, a man poisoned himself. 1931, another man poisoned himself. 1932, a man was killed by a truck that pinned him against the front of the building. What? 
Yes. 1930. Well, they had cars at that point, at least. Yeah. 1934, it, it named this person a, a Louise Borden slash their own throat. <clears throat> 1937 is when guests started jumping out of the windows. Huh. So, <laughs> and it also got the, the name Suicide Hotel or su- just suicide that's that's suicide like you just don't go there that's death hotel it's kind of like the the forest in japan where everybody goes kill themselves yes one um one of the persons one of the people who jumped hit the building beside one hit the marquee and then one hit the sidewalk like three different people that had jumped at separate times and another podcast that i listened to they reference a a woman having given birth in at that time it was the guest bathroom she apparently threw her infant out the window as well um in 1960 no 1962 a pauline otten and a george gianni were both found on the sidewalk they thought they had made a pact to jump out the window what in actuality had happened is pauline otten is her name i think i said Otto, but it's otten she was at the cecil on the ninth floor she jumped and George just happened to be walking along the sidewalk and was hit by her, killing them both. Oh, my God. Right. Even near it. Not even if you stay in it. Just in if you're in the vicinity. You can't even walk down the street. Don't walk near it. <laughs> stay away. Don't go anywhere near it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You're just chilling. You're walking to work or you're on your lunch break or you're doing just whatever. And a person falls out of the sky and lands on you and kills you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I so there's One bad luck, and then there's person fall from the sky bad luck. And that is a really bad luck. <laughs> Seriously. We're not even done yet. Uh-oh. Okay, so 1964, there was a person who lived there um, named Goldie Osgood. They called her the pigeon lady because she would go up to the roof and feed some pigeons. She was found raped, robbed, and strangled in her room. Okay? They found a guy covered in blood like roaming the area but he's completely unrelated to her death it's still unsolved to this day her death is still unsolved Mm -hmm. did we find out where the blood came from? no it just says that they found the dude and he's covered in blood but they're not related i'm like cool what's that (laughs) no one i'm with you scully on that they're like like, it wasn't her (laughs) it's just blood it's fine like what maybe somebody fell on him i don't know i just think it just ends like hey it was somebody else's and just goes on to the next thing and i'm like i need more information pause (laughs) but this okay all right so okay all right then in the 1980s um i think it was 84 to 85 richard ramirez he is the night stalker that's what i was gonna ask that's the night stalker right and he stayed at the cecil during his spree well of course because why not yes and you actually told me this and then i looked it up and i had two different things so apparently he would go commit his crime come back to the alley behind strip down to his skeevies and go into the hotel and go up the elevator there's a shared elevator like all the people have to go to the same elevator depending on whatever floor you're on it's not like multiple things they had the one uh-huh. And he would just be riding up in his underwear to and, his room. And everybody's like... And no one said, that's totally normal. It's so cool that you're just... 
Yeah, it was completely acceptable. And then another thing I read was like he didn't change his clothes. So, so he would go in in the blood-soaked clothes, get on the elevator and ride up. I don't know which one's worse. Personally, I feel like I get on the elevator if I'm on the elevator and it opens and Billy walk, walks in with underwear on i'm gonna get off even if it's not my floor i'm getting off yeah no i'm with you 100 percent. there's neither one of those scenarios <laughs> that i'm like cool <laughs> but like, the underwear is gonna make me get off i might not notice the blood depending on what color you're wearing i might not notice that straight off but i'm gonna notice if you're in your underwear i guarantee you i'm gonna notice the blood I, well, i'm gonna notice the underwear period and yeah. i ain't getting it no no yeah and i'm gonna smell the blood blood has the smell to it and you I have agree. a super nose so you're gonna smell it too even if you don't necessarily you're gonna look at them harder because you smell something right i don't know that i would immediately see it if i wasn't like paying attention unless he was wearing red i don't know it just has to, it just depends you brutally murdered people oh yeah you're covered in blood oh, you yeah. gonna notice girl I, i'm just get you know I think underwear is worse than clothes. Just saying, like, that would, I would get off quicker. <laughs> if you cut me on your underwear, I'm going to be like, oh, look, it's my floor. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm going to check out. Like, I'm leaving. I'm with you on that, but. But apparently no one said. It's just cool. This is just what happens at the Cecil. No one said Well, nothing. you got home, dude, running around like a couple decades earlier covered in blood. So why is this different? Yeah. Apparently that was just a thing. It was like, just what they did. Now, I will say when the, when the Cecil was first established, it was supposed to be like a nicer, higher end thing. Yeah. When the depression hit, they had to start opening their doors to more affordable rates and yes. more people just to make ends meet. And that's kind of where some of this happened. Cause you could get rooms. One guy on the documentary talks about getting a room for a couple bucks a day. Like it wasn't right. anything. Um, but we're not done yet. Okay. So then enter 1991. Okay. Okay. And we have Johan Utenwerger. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. They called him, um, hang on. <laughs> Johan, what now? <laughs> it looks like Utenberger is my. <laughs> I don't think I've revitalized this poor man's name. I don't want to say poor man because he's he's also a serial killer. Two so, serial killers. Yes, I think they called him Jack. Was like his thing because he's from Austria, and while he was there, he was convicted of murdering sex workers. He killed i don't even know how many over there until he was convicted for life he served 15 years of that life sentence and convinced the people over there you know he had rehabilitated so they let him out when they let him out he stayed over there for about a year year and a half murders started again but they couldn't but you don't know who did it right it was very much like who's doing it it's like probably the man who did it before that just, we just let out just saying but they never convicted him here's the icing he left there to come to the U.S. on assignment, quote unquote, for a um, for a some kind of he's like a journalist. Like, I don't know what what oh. thing, but he came over here to study the red light district and how officers deal with the prostitution and that kind of thing. Even did a ride along with the LAPD. Uh-huh. At which point he picked his victims that he would take back to the Cecil Hotel and murder. Uh, okay. And he did that. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, how? Right. I don't, I don't know how he, no one knew, 
or like who knew his history and was like that's it's a great, great idea, idea. Like, I, there's so many questions <laughs> so many questions but apparently everybody was like cool that's great it's cool your usa's problem though <laughs> <laughs> and he murdered three women until he was finally captured Ugh. and then that well, it, you said that was in the 90s right yes 91 so he could potentially still be like kicking around in our prison system yeah Huh, we might have to look and follow up and do a thing. Like, look it up and see. It's very potential. Um, and then that brings us to this documentary because the most recent before it closed was Elisa Lamb or yes. Eliza Lamb. They say it different in the documentary. It's, it's like Elisa or Eliza. It, I mean, I think you can. I think I'll, it's Elisa, right? Is it Elisa? Yeah. It, so we're going to yeah. say Elisa. Well, that, I mean, that's, well, well, that's going to be how the Southerners say it. I can't. Okay. I think it can go either way. Well, Elisa. Elisa. She disappeared in January of 13. Um, So she, I want to tell y'all something else first about Cecil. So I told you the depression hit. Yeah. And the Cecil Hotel had to try to make men's work. Then all this crap happened. So they were trying to like revamp. Like, okay, it's we're, we're now the murder hotel or suicide, suicide hotel. hotel. So let's like do a rebranding. Yeah. This part kills me. Like this really, truly kills me. So they created two hotels. Right. Two separate entries, two separate lobbies. One was the Cecil Hotel and one was Stay on Main. In the Cecil Hotel, they have residents that currently, they live there. Right. Like they are actual tenants. Tenants there. So they're on the second and the third floor all right Mm -hmm. the fourth fifth and sixth are the new hotel the stay on main all right and the only thing that i can find that they did was slapped on some orange paint which why (laughs) (laughs) we have we have questions about the color and that was really it because when this hotel was built they had the communal bathrooms which i have so many issues with but each floor has like their own one bathroom everybody uses it mm-hmm. they didn't change that on the four five and six right so four five and six are stay on main they called it something different threw some paint on and charged more yes and then the rest of the hotel the rest of the floors above that were the cecil so you could rent a cecil room or a stay on main room or i guess if you were a tenant you were on two or three yeah <laughs> if you were a permanent tenant Yes. And even the lady they interviewed, I think she was the manager. She even said they didn't have a lot of money. So they just, it was, she said cosmetic and then she names paint. Yeah. And new shirts. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. In two different lobbies. In two different lobbies. And I'll be honest, the pictures and even the video of the Cecil lobby is gorgeous. Like it looks so grand. But then like all the pictures I've seen of the rooms are really scary. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a bait and switch yes. and having been to a hotel that did that like yeah. online it looks fantastic and then you get there and we're like what yeah it's not okay it, no it's not okay it's not okay but so, would you leave and find somewhere else? absolutely immediately like if i showed now i don't know i say that i don't know how much money they spent like i think i would be searching and seeing if i can get my money back to go somewhere else right but if you're stuck you're stuck yeah, but I might just call my trip short and versus go stay there because I'm not. I feel like I don't believe in the ghouls and ghosties and stuff, but I feel like you would know if you walk into a room. <laughs> bad vibes, bad vibes. I, I'm a very vibe person. <laughs> I feel like I'd be like somebody died here. Like I would just feel like I would know. I don't know why, but I just. I don't know. 
Well, I'm 1% ghouly and ghosty. Yeah. Um, I've had some experiences in my life that makes me go, wait, what? Yeah. And um, I'm very, I like to think a logical person that can kind of explain away. Yeah. But there's some things in my life that I just cannot explain away. And a few of them have actually happened in our office. There have been some spooky things here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. But I still am like, eh, is it? Or am I just crazy? Like, yeah, well, I go that way, too. So I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, whatever. But absolutely, 100%. Like, well, I walked into the, one of those rooms and, like, my feet are sticking to the carpet and it's just looking i'm out yeah i'm out and then as we progress with this story y'all y'all will feel the same way because some of these people were like what but there's something wrong with you like it's not the hotel's fault like, it's not that you're the problem right but anyway so we get to elisa so she's 21 years old she wanted to travel on her own she convinced her parents to let her take this trip she books a room with a stay on Maine, which is, it says it's like a hotel hostel. So some of the rooms, you're in a joint room with a bunch of other people, which. That you don't know. And I'm AC not cool with that. She, like, every time I say anything about it, she's like, mm-mm. Like her face is immediately like, nah, I'm out. No, nah, I'm out. Well, first of all, I'm socially awkward. So it's going to be bad from the beginning. Oh, I agree. But it's my luck that I'm in here with the Night Stalker. Oh, I agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust people like that. No one's... And then I got to use the same bathroom with you. And then I, I picture, like, the showers with just the sheet thing. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going home. Like, like you may got to sleep. I would not sleep. No. You may got to sleep in the same room with strangers. Are yeah. you kidding me? Nope. What if they're, like, one of those sleep screamers or something? <laughs> like, I'd be scarred for life. What are you talking about? Yeah, no. I don't... My adventure level is not that high. I'm not down. I'm not down. Yeah. So, that's where Elisa books is with Stay on Main, though. Maybe if I was younger, though and not so jaded and, and see, bitter about life. I think that's how they got her. Is she was wanting to go. She was exploring. And the revamp made it look like Stay on Main was this own thing. Yeah. Not realizing you are in the same hotel as these tenants that have been there forever and then all these other people that are in the, the uh, top levels. You still share an elevator with these people. Right. So it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility for Night Stalker to be on floor 12 and you're on floor 4. Yeah. So it's not, it, I think it was a bait and switch. She didn't yeah. know. I think she, she kind know. of expected but didn't fully understand what it was till she got there. she's not from the U.S. She's from no. Canada. Yes. Which is whole different world <laughs> very different from the united states so she was you know excited She's like oh cool cheap place to stay yes take my trip i'm going to california like i i, oh, I feel yeah. it like and she went you know different places and stuff um oh gosh i'm trying to figure out where i want to start this well actually i think it's time for us to take a break okay we'll be right back coffee breakers so uh elisa booked a room she was going to stay four nights on the stay on main she booked it for she checked in i guess on january 28th of 2013 on february 1st she did not check out at this point her family had called because apparently she called in every night gotcha and she didn't call in i want to say the night before and then she didn't check out that morning gotcha so they call law enforcement to report she's her disappearance or missing one thing I thought was interesting is before law enforcement could even come out there to check anything, they took all their stuff out. Oh. Like hotel staff went in there and like cleaned out the room. Well, they have to give it to somebody else. There's like 700 rooms. 
Well, apparently they needed another. I don't know why. I don't either. Apparently the reviews online are not honest. <laughs> True. And we talked earlier that it was a hostile hotel. Um, yeah. What does that mean exactly? I think when I think hostile, it's like a lower rate thing. Like you can go in where you stay in the room with a bunch of different people. Oh, no. It's just a safe. It's supposed to be like a safe place. I say air quotes like they can see me. Um, safe place for kids to go when they're traveling. Like mm. you go and stay at the hostel. Now, I could be wrong, but that's my understanding of it. But the hostel is the place with the serial killers. Correct. That whole building. In in this case. Yeah. Apparently. True. But it's interesting to know she was initially in a room with other girls. And then her behavior was a little bit erratic. It doesn't really say what it was. So, if I'm remembering right, like, she was leaving post-it notes on them, their stuff, like, go away and get out, and, like, she didn't want them to be there. Okay. That I didn't know. From what I remember reading. I can't remember the source, okay. but it was in something that I well, read. When they moved her to her single room. So, that's right. the room they went and just, like, cleared out, which, she's a missing person. Like, Can, Couldn't you give her a second? Right. Can we not let police walk through it first and be like, it's good, you know, but... They went back up to the floor and looked in her room, and there was, like, no forced entry. There was nothing to suggest any kind of foul play, no blood, no fluid, no tussle, like, nothing to indicate But this is after they cleaned out the room. Yes. The maid could have come in and cleaned up. I think the maid, from what I'm saying from the documentary, like, she was telling them, like, I just did this. There's nothing. There was was nothing nothing. here. It wasn't in disarray. Um, No drugs. Like, there was no anything just hanging around. So then, in the documentary, this is the part that we joke about. It cuts to this couple, and they were coming to stay. They were coming from England, and they were coming to stay, and they found Stay on Main. And they're like, oh, it's cheap. Like, we can go to downtown L.A. Like, let's book the room. And they talk about their experience and how they walked in, and lobby's gorgeous. Right. But then you like go upstairs and it's like flashback 1986. And there's, he talks about, and this part just kills me, like stepping on the carpet and it almost felt sticky. No. That he could like feel his foot, like almost had to like peel it off. And I can hear that sound. Like, you know, that's what it made. Yeah. And I'm out. (laughs) They said it was. That's it. Dusty and just very, it looked dirty. But they were like, it's okay. You know, we're just going to like, she she said, we're going to sleep and wash here. Uh-huh. And it'll be fine. Perfectly fine. Fine. So when they get there, the search for Elisa is still going on. Like, right. don't know where she's at. They have really nothing to go on. Right. Until they come across a four-minute video. And it is of Elisa in the elevator. And... It was at her 13-day missing mark. That they found it. No, they found it, but it was at the 13th day missing mark that they released it to the public. Because in in this, and this is why, during that time they had another case of another reformer LAPD officer who was killing other officers. Like he was serially murdering them. So it took a lot of manpower away. So it was just the two detectives on it. So it kind of went cold. They didn't really have anything else to go on. They're like, let's try to release this video. Maybe somebody knows something. So they released the four minute video and it shows Elisa in the getting in the elevator, pressing all the buttons down the center 
and then acting as though someone's following her. So she's like leaning out the door. She looks left. She looks right. And then she jerks back into the um, elevator. She tucks herself into the corner and then does a quick peek out back in, you know, Mm -hmm. and then she goes outside to the left, kind of like does a weird it's not a twirl. She just kind of like moves around slowly in a circle. Yeah. And then turns back to the right, like to the right, almost going into the elevator. And she's doing her hands weird. Right. Like she's talking to someone, um, goes back into the elevator, presses all the buttons again. And I think goes out again, does some weird stuff. And then she finally just goes off screen. Right. And that's the last video of her. Right. So... When they released this, y'all, the internet went crazy. As it does. The internet took it and it went absolutely nuts. So some of the theories, and I'm going to tell y'all, were... Here's where AC's going to have some marks, some some things to say. Some of the things were um, that she was playing the elevator game. And I didn't know about this. I heard about this today and I thought that was really interesting. But China, in China or Japan, I, I'm not sure. There's a game. I've read about this. That you press, you press the sequence on the elevator a certain numbers, like in a certain order. And then you get on the elevator and you wait. And apparently this woman will get on the elevator, but you can't look at her. Because if you look at her, she'll take you to another dimension, another realm. Some people suggested she was playing that. Some people were wondering. Okay. Stop right there. Okay. Stop right there. So what if she was playing that? Is the theory that the lady came and got her, is that where the internet went? I think that's what they were hinting at, yeah. Like, that's what happened. She disappeared. Like, she must have looked at her when she was coming or something. I don't know. (laughs) Like, what, did she have to come in the front door? Because I feel like she could just appear. But right. I, I mean, does she have to come into the elevator to get you? Or could she be out in the hallway? But that's your that's what we came up with. That's we're playing the elevator. And I'm not dissing anybody's beliefs, y'all. I'm not. Okay? People do disappear without a trace. We've seen it. Yeah. But that's our number that's that's what we're That going. was one. Okay. The other one was that somebody was holding the elevator open button on the yeah. outside of the door where you couldn't see. The lady. I thought that. <laughs> Potentially. She's like, ha ha. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry. 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 <laughs> we're a little twisted. Somebody was holding it. But you can see there's no shadow. Like, so you right. don't see anybody out there. Um, the other thing was that she just, like, somebody got her as she got off or something like that. The biggest thing that people had an issue with was the elevator doesn't close. Right. So it stays open for like four minutes. This whole time it stays open. So when it when they released this video, it just went crazy. And there was all these people that t- took over. There's a YouTuber. There was some guy that's way too invested. I don't even remember his name. But he was very invested to a level that I thought was weird. And, and a whole bunch of other people. A whole bunch of other people. They started going to the hotel trying to investigate themselves, trying to figure out what happened. And one the one YouTuber guy... I don't remember his name, but he actually was in the elevator. And the the sequence that she hit was like a bunch of different numbers. And then the door stay open mm-hmm. or door hold. Door hold. Yeah. And he timed it. And every time you press that, it's two minutes. Right. We know that she pressed it twice. It's four minutes. So it's four minutes. Yeah. The other big thing is on the video, and you can Google Elisa Lamb 
elevator video is at the very end it does it could you oh my watch is picking me up um (laughs) at the very end it shows the door kind of jump it does look like it's cut and like it cuts to like it half closed right people suggested that someone in the hotel must have had something to do with it because it jumps right so maybe they were cutting themselves out following elisa Right. wherever and then at the end of the documentary it goes on to say that the police video was unedited that media outlets edit it for time uh, okay see i didn't get quite that far so <laughs> glad you said that um which they shouldn't have done i'm gonna say if you're gonna play it play the entirety of it because then you don't have oh yeah people went crazy like they talked about they did the the web sleuths looked at the video. The timestamp is very jumbled and like, they're really upset about that. And I do understand that that's kind of important to know, it is. but you're also talking with like a 1924 built hotel. So those systems would have got put in probably when they were new. And then on top of that, when they were new was like forever ago. Go. So they're super outdated. So we're not working with like main tech here. No, so, you're not working with 2013 tech correct. in 2013. At best, you're probably looking at 90s. That's what I was thinking. It's like 90s, so it's not going to be fantastic. But they like slowed it down. Their time stamps. They said there's like 53 seconds missing, which would make sense if the news right. outlets took it. They said that it was suspicious. It was slowed down by like 33 to 35%. Like people went crazy with this. And that's when all the craziness started with like, oh, it's possession because this place is haunted it's it's murderous ghosts it's the elevator lady like and nobody went that it's another potential night stalker because that's where i go no it was all like I, immediately i'm like oh she got everybody murdered. took it as demonic well, like and it's I got a very shady past it does but objectively looking at it i don't get that vibe no, no. I mean, I see. No, I don't think that this poor child was possessed by the elevator lady and taken to another dimension. No, yeah. but or ghost got her. I don't No. Um, I love the show Supernatural. Yeah, me too. I understand that it's not real, yeah. um, but salt just in case. Um, no, I just so when I first like saw the video i would honestly think somebody was after her like it, it or something that like vibe. that but so you, i can understand why people were concerned but you never see anything no and then people went crazy about one side of the video when she steps out and you can see her her heel it is her they foot. are convinced that it's somebody else's foot that it's someone else and that that got her but she went back in the elevator after that i yeah i know but that's her foot it is she just spun like yeah she did just turned on her heel like yeah, it's, it's the back of her foot it's not the front it's the back but whatever there were discussion groups yes the detectives talked about how it caused issues because people started calling in being like it's this i think this i think that not giving them any real tips just their opinions right which i kind of we talked about this that's why we started a podcast we can give you your opinions here and i have to call you right <laughs> i don't want to like hold up resources but this is what i think right. if you want to go down this route right if but, you have something that corroborates it yeah but not just she never left or I, the ghost did this or like come on now just right if you had something viable by all means call in um Okay, so we're going to kind of jump to um, 
February 19th of 13. Okay. And at this point, Elisa, I keep wanting to say Eliza, but it is Elisa, is 19 days missing. Okay. So it takes you back to the travelers that I told you about at the beginning that were talking about the floors was sticky and dirty and all that. Y'all couldn't see the eye roll she just gave me, but she did. Yeah. They started talking about how they woke up one night and there was like this party going on below them. They could hear the sounds and the music. They could smell weed. Like they were just like, okay. They went to wash their hands or brush their teeth or something and they noticed their water pressure was really low. Right. And that when the water came out, it had a dark brown tint. I'm going to stop you. Okay. Just say no. Don't use that water. Well. Do not use that (laughs) water. I'm telling you right now, if you turn on the water and it's brown or dark in any way, do not use that water. Well, they didn't listen to you because apparently they thought it was weird but it's cool so they brushed their teeth mm. they showered mm. and they drank that water no no and they talked about it having a really foul taste which i'm like what do you expect from brown water <laughs> what right. did you think you were getting like it's brown water I, first of all i barely trust the water of that place anyway right given how the conditions are described right uh but But besides that, just it comes out brown or or slightly tinted of any color. It doesn't matter. It could be green. It could be purple. You're going to brush your teeth, drink it, and shower in it? No. Well, they did. So they said that they um, complained about it. So they moved them up two floors. When they moved up to the two floors, they said the uh, water pressure was still crap, but they didn't say it was still brown in the documentary. I'm assuming it would still be brown. But they didn't say that in the documentary. I don't know. So maintenance was called in to go check. There's still a problem. Yeah. Maintenance was called in because there's this water pressure issue. The maintenance man is Santiago Lopez. So he goes and checks all the different things. He's trying to figure out what it is. He can't really figure out what's going on, like if it's a clog in the room or whatever. So he goes up to the roof where there are four um, water tanks. Um, four little water tanks on the roof and he has to go up there and the only way there's only two ways to the roof one you can go the fire escape or maintenance people they use the there's like stairs leading up they have a door that unlocks they can go out there and look when they went out there and looked he said he climbed up to one of the four tanks I can't remember if he said it was open this is the part we always have if he already said the hatch was open or he opened it it doesn't say in the documentary Okay. Uh, at that point. It does not say at the point that you're talking about when yeah. she was first discovered. It does not clarify. Okay. Well, he, whatever, opened or not opened, when he looked into the tank, he saw um, Eliza's, Elisa floating in the water. Yeah. In various decomposition. A, right. So he went straight to his boss and told her hey you know that girl we were looking for i just found her right this part i thought was weird in the documentary the girl and i can't remember her name i can't remember her name she says that she called her mom first yeah she said she called her mom first but like guess what the crap's about to hit the fan just gonna let you know i think it's weird too but i think that she 
was just I don't know I I'm, I told you there's very few people in this documentary that I actually like yeah and, and I, I just I think she was just trying to process it honestly maybe I just found that really weird my thing was like call law enforcement they're gonna hang up with you and send detectives out there you could have called your mom then not that it really made a difference but whatever Right. So the police arrive. Um, it's like a full scene, you know, all kinds of police. I think probably the whole nine fire trucks. Oh, yeah, everybody. They go up there and they say the tank is closed, but the, the worker said he put the lid back on at that point. It yeah. doesn't say whether he took it off or it was already off, but he said he put it back on and right. went down. It was open when he got there. Yeah, that's my understanding. It was open when he got there. He closed it when he found her, went and told her, police reopened it. Right. And they found the decomposed, naked body of... Elisa. Elisa. I keep wanting to say Elisa, and her clothes were at the bottom of that tank. Right. Now, the detective talks about checking the roof, but something that the documentary says is on the like first day that uh, Elisa was missing, they'd searched the hotel because they never saw where she left or anything. So they went to the roof and searched, but they did it that night. And they used a helicopter to check the roof versus right. just doing it during the day. Right. So I feel like they probably missed key elements. Yeah, they should have totally, even if they wanted to do the cursory search. Yeah. Like do a cursory search, make sure her body's not laying just up that on was the my roof. Thing. Yeah. But they should have still went back out the next day. And maybe and they did and it just didn't document that in the documentary but it doesn't make well, it out like one thing that we've learned about documentaries this is never the true. full story they leave out a lot yeah um he talks about checking the roof and then they it jumps it's episode three that you're in now and they talk about how they have to investigate it from this point so the detective says no matter what in a case like this you treat it like a homicide until it's proven otherwise right so they start looking into her belongings who was she around what was here like um, what what took place prior and then they have to try to figure out the physicality of getting her out of the tank and what is the best way to do that. Right. So they determine drain the tank and then let everything just kind of slowly float down and then cut an access panel take her and everything out and then close it back up. So, yeah. I'm sorry. And that is the water that leads directly into the hotel that people had been drinking and bathing and brushing teeth in for three weeks. Yes. For three weeks. I know. And I just wonder what kind of sanitation afterwards did they do on that tank? Not enough for me to ever stay there. Uh, <laughs> ever. Feel you, fam. <laughs> ever. Um, so they started fingerprinting, too, to see if there was any fingerprints on the tank, anything like that. There was nothing. They start looking at her body. Um they, there's nothing on her body. There's no strangulation. There's no ligatures. There's no bruising. bruising. There's no holes. There's no nothing to indicate anything. No trauma. Yeah, no trauma whatsoever. They had called a police dog in at the beginning to try to restate, retrace where she was. Mm -hmm. And one of the dogs did go to a window. Right. And then kind of just lost the scent. Right. So there is they believe that she went out onto this uh, fire escape and then went up that way. Right. Because that would be the only way she could have got up there without tripping the, the alarm. The alarm. But they were still trying to figure out one why, like, 
this is when more of the people come through. Like when I was telling y'all earlier, the Sleuths started oh, showing yeah. up after they really found her is when they really started going and booking rooms at the hotel. Like right. it almost, it's dark tourism. And it, it really made them some money because oh, yeah. a lot of people went. That's when they found out that she was pushing the whole door button. Yeah. That's when they um, found out they got up to the roof. One of the security guards actually let one group on, and they found, like, pizza boxes and graffiti and cigarette butts. So, like, people were accessing it pretty regularly I for that much to stuff to be. Climb the fire escape. But some people were like, that was such a crazy, like that one person that was really vested in her story. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, go check it out on Netflix because you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. He, By sight alone. Yeah. He really thought that was just so bizarre that yeah, she went would. up the fire escape. Right. And I'm it's like. It's a ladder. It's a ladder. I mean, I understand like at the very top that it's like a straight ladder. I wouldn't know. But that's climbing but, any ladder, right? Right. It's any ladder. It's just a ladder. But he just thought that was, like, super, super bizarre and off the wall. Um, so let's see. And this is also when we find out that Eliza, Alyssa, Eliza, Elisa. 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 You had me doing it now. <laughs> Elisa. Uh, Elisa <clears throat> had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Yeah, so when they start looking into who was her contact so they went she was really big on tumblr so they go back looking through all of her tumblr and she documents like having ups and downs and that she thinks she finally found a medication that works and um that just she had a relapse and she was feeling really really tired again and just all of this stuff they also found footage of her and i don't know why they didn't release that because it would have been her again i don't maybe it wasn't the same day where she met with two males in the lobby mm -hmm. to get books right and they were trying to rule out these males to figure out what was their involvement with her disappearance yeah but they were literally just from the last bookstore um they were delivering books that she had got previously that day that she said she didn't feel comfortable. Either they were too heavy or she was and nervous about bringing them back with her through the Skid Row area. Gotcha. So they were completely. Cleared. They were just delivery. They literally were just delivery guys and were cleared. Um, you want to talk about the death rocker? Not yet. Oh, okay. Um, the hatches that she got into are, are the, the, I don't know what you'd even call them. The drums with the water. They're 10 foot by 6 foot. With the metal hatch. And they that the hatch is like 20 pounds. Yeah, and we heavy. talked about it's not hinged. So they're looking at all of her stuff. They start pulling her medication. They find out she is bipolar. They're starting to see, like, what meds she was on. They have to request the... Um, what's it called? Toxicology. Mm -hmm. But that, for whatever reason, like, took months. I think it's due to the state of decomp. Okay. Well, that took a hot minute. And then they also looked at some of the posts she had were talking about depression and wanting to kill herself and not live like this forever. So they're really trying to figure out what happened. Right. What and is why is she nude? Right. So they, they were trying to rule out any possibilities. And another thing is, she's at the Cecil Hotel. Skid Row is like a block, not even a block. Right. Right there. Females go missing all the time. 
Yes. And it, in the documentary, it goes back and talks about, they call him Jack, the um, Utenheimer or whatever his name was, the one from Austria that was murdering. The one that got tired of killing in his home country yes. and came over to the U.S. Yes. Yeah. So they talked about people like him, too. So it's very much like yeah. they don't know what happened. Um, so I'm trying to look at my little notes. Enter Morbid. Oh, good God. So Morbid is, what is he, what was his music genre? I don't know what the actual genre is, and I'm going to feel really bad because I don't want to. It's like death metal. It's like death metal. I call it. I call it death metal. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but yeah. it, but it's it's hardcore rock, like but it's not even like it's metal. Yeah, like the growly voices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the screaming into the thing. Yeah, and the makeup and the yeah. yeah, you know. He released a video, a music video of a girl running and away from somebody until she's caught and murdered. And then he released another video with blood all over his face and then he released another song in which he talks about a girl from china dying in water um people went crazy he also posted a video a month prior that he was actually staying at the cecil when he was in the united states yes so people started sending him emails we know you killed her you did it you're a murderer like really harassing this man like to a different level. Social justice. They were going to solve the case. He did it. Yeah. And judge, they were going to come after judge, him. Judge, jury, like, and executioner. Like, they were done. Yeah. They were going to come after him. Like, they made threats to him. Like Yeah. He got a lot. And then what well, didn't help it, and they show it on the documentary, he puts on, like, this weird mask. Maybe it's just face paint, but it looks like no, a No, it's a gas mask. Okay. It's like a mask. He does, like, a voice changer. Talks about how he's innocent. I am morbid and I am innocent. Yeah, and it's like, that doesn't help. No. Like, show me your face if you're innocent, like, without anything. So I can identify, right. identify how I know you're morbid. Pablo Vergara. Like, yeah. to see you straight on. Well, you know, and I'm like, I'm not judging anybody's taste in music or anything like that. Do you, if that's what you like. But, you know, absolutely. I feel bad for him because he had a mental health break. Like, he ended up being institutionalized for a suicide attempt because of all the hate that he yeah. was getting. Because they put him there at the time she was murdered, but he wasn't there. He wasn't even in the United States. Yeah, but they people would not listen to the facts of it it was no. like they had already like determined morbid murdered yeah he looked scary he wrote a song about it he did it yeah and it's like <laughs> i think it's just coincidental and there's a lot of that in this case and i'm going to go into that in just a second because some of it i find super interesting yes um another another issue that i had was coroner dr jason tora i think t-o-r-a-r -R. tova T-O-V-A-R. Tovar. <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to make it up. His name's Jason. And he he made me feel unsure. Because when they interviewed him, I understand water changes everything. Because if she's in water, she's in sunlight, All the weather can change how fast or how slow she decomposes. But he was like, a lot of his answers were like, I don't know. It's like, how long has she been in there? I don't know. Like, do we know what happened? I don't know. Like, there was just a lot of that. Yeah. And I guess that's just because... Well, I mean, it's... Yeah. He he very much was like, I'm not going to tell you. Like, I don't want to commit. He's like, uh-uh. I'm not going to... No, no, it's self-protection. Because yeah. he's like, no, y'all crazy. 
if I say approximately 19 days and it comes back that some test shows that she was only in the water for 18 days, then y'all are going to say that I got it all wrong. I ain't doing it. And like, I still don't know what her manner of death was. Um, it was ruled accidental drowning. Okay. Cause when he, at, when they asked him about the drowning, he said he was unsure mm-hmm. because typically when someone drowns, there's like some kind of foaming or something that happens. And he was like, she didn't have that. And I was like, oh, okay, so she didn't drown. So I'm thinking foul play. And then he's like, well, just because that's not there doesn't technically mean she didn't drown. Right. So what is it? Right. So it's like we, I don't like that. I wish there was like a definitive, she drowned. She drowned. There's right. water in her lungs. Like, I don't know, whatever happens when you drowned. That bothered me because everything he said was just, eh. And then like one of the ways that they ID'd her, the clothes in the, in the thing matched well, the last thing she was wearing. Yeah. Yeah, but who's to say that's not just some girl and they threw, you know, Elisa's clothes in there. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was weird, too. I know he yeah. did other things, but that was one of the things and it bothered me. See, so you're you're doubting Debbie, too. You want all the checks marked. Yeah. And then be like, well, if you drown, this happens. But she didn't have that. But that doesn't mean she didn't drown. Well, then what is it? Right. Like, it can't just be Just don't say the first part. Right. Ignorance is bliss, friend. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just don't tell me. But when we finally got her toxicology back. Um, there were traces, traces consistent with her prescription medication. So that started law enforcement looking at her pill, just like what it was dispensed with and what her count was. Right. And it was off. Yeah. And it indicated that she was not taking her, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Antipsychotics. Antipsychotics the way that she was supposed to. Right. One thing I said, one thing I read said she had like a trace of alcohol in there. I don't know if that's true or not. If she wasn't taking her meds correctly and she had that um, alcohol as well, it could definitely have contributed to, um, like, her having a break, seeing something that wasn't there. Like, if you mix an antipsychotic and alcohol, right. even one thing. But as you decompose, your body releases ethanol, which is Okay, alcohol. so maybe that's so what it was. it could be that, or it could be that she... Had had a drink that night. Who knows? Well, she had talked about on her Tumblr she doesn't do anything like that. But she also, at the end of that same sentence, says that she's kind of, like, open for experiences and wants to experience everything. Right. So I worry about her having run in with some wrong person, maybe tried something, Mm -hmm. maybe got, you know, and it just... Jacked her up. Yeah. So, enter synchronicity. Oh, good God. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And the only reason I say this is because y'all know. All right. So 10 years prior to this happening to Elisa Lamb, there was a movie that came out called Dark Water. And I've never seen it. I haven't either. But the premise of that story is a mom and her daughter move into a dilapidated hotel it has a really, sh- like, rinky-dink-looking elevator. It showed that scene. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, they called that um, elevator in this documentary Vertical Toilet. It was just gross. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. So, I just thought that was interesting. I meant to tell you that. <laughs> oh. Don't you want to go stay? No. no. If there's anything that this documentary did, it's 100%. I'd never want to go to downtown L.A. Yeah. Like, ever. And research where you stay, people. <laughs> yeah, it's 100%. And if you stick to the floor, leave. Um, or or if, you, if you see blood on the walls, leave. leave. Or if somebody's in their underwear running around, leave. 
We're bloody. Leave. Yeah. Hopefully we don't. Water's brown. Leave. <laughs> don't drink it. <laughs> um, anyway, so dark water. It's about a dilapidated hotel. A little girl and her mother move in. Um, there's like a bunch of creepy people, I think, in the actual hotel. But what is the interesting part is the little girl is wearing a red rain jacket and she falls into a water tank on the roof that's uncovered and she drowns and she dies the similarity there is dilapidated hotel red sweater elisa lamb falls or gets into this water tank and drowns yes so interesting okay this is the best one that you just hate i I do hate this yeah so y'all this i don't Okay. The other theory was that she was a biological weapon, and here's why. She went to college in um, British Columbia, the University of British Columbia, and they have a well-known TB research lab. All right? That in and of itself led to this one. There was an outbreak of TB right around the time, I think right after her body was found, of TB in the Skid Row area and at Hotel Cecil days after the body was found. The test used, I wish y'all could see AC's face, the test used to test for TB is called the Lamb Elisa. It's literally her name backwards. Uh Uh-huh. So people theorized that she was sent here as a biological weapon from Canada to kill the homeless population of just LA of just that LA. particular of homeless skid row I don't know why well you know but you know where I go right so with this is just crap this is just yeah. craziness because they would be better at hiding the body yeah I really feel like they would have done more and the fact is I just find it... Did she have TB? I don't think so. I feel like that would have came back on some kind of test. It or other would have. Done, and no one talks about that. But I'm just curious because it is the lamb Elisa. And she's Elisa Lamb. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But go ahead and do the other one that I'm just like, what? And this one I don't get. But if you, according to the documentary, the last bookstore which is the name of the bookstore is called the last bookstore mm-hmm. in la if you go to their webpage, google maps you look up their address the zip code's got like a it's not like a traditional zip code like ours are it's like like almost like a latitude longitude thing um when you put that in that's not a zip code Right, but it says zip code on the documentary. Like, it shows a zip code. I know. But it's not even like... It's not an American zip code, but go ahead. It takes you to Burnaby, British Columbia, and to be exact, the little red pinpoint that it drops is on the cemetery where Elisa is buried. Okay. Zip codes are zip codes. They're used for mailing things. So the last bookstore. Used for mailing things. Thank you. I'm just saying. They're not longitude latitude. That is correct. Um, the last bookstore address could not be not that physical bookstore that she went to. Yeah. That address with that zip code cannot be in British Columbia, Canada because it would have a Los Angeles zip code. Yeah. Now, their home office might be in... No clue. Yeah. But even then, is their home office in the middle? Who put the pinpoint in the graveyard? Because somebody did that. 
Yeah. Right on the cemetery. Like when you zoom in, it says cemetery and it's right there. Yeah. Somebody did that. That's not the zip code led you there. Because unless that specific graveyard is the only place that has that zip code. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you that. The it's biggest, just one of those things. I'm just like, you're just making stuff up. It's just a lot. Like the TB thing is, in, I find it interesting. I, know. I don't think she's a biological weapon. The dark water thing. Again, it's interesting. What are the odds? Like there's so many things that are like, huh? Yeah. But they're don't have anything to do with anything. Right. Like truthfully, Elisa lamb, if you watch the video and I guess, cause what we do too, like you can just it's you different just pick up stuff and i don't i don't i'm not a buyer into spooky like i love horror movies but i'm a buyer into spooky but i don't think anything spooky happened when here. i see the video i see someone in the middle of a break i see someone having some kind of psychosis someone who is struggling mm-hmm. that ultimately led to her death i yeah. think either she felt like she had to get in there because something was after her or something told her to get into it but that's ultimately what happened to her was she wasn't taking her medication like she was supposed to. Some of the meds she was on, she had four different meds. And that's that's a lot. And there was a higher number in the bottles than what it should have been. She was undertaking her or medication. had stopped taking her medication right around this time. Right. And from what I can understand is she had severe. Like, she did have episodes of hallucinations in the past. Like, mm-hmm. this was not something. And this is that's in episode four okay. of the documentary. Um, her sister details that, you know, she has had hallucinations in the past and stuff like that. So I just kind of wanted to drop some education on bipolar disorder. If Go for it. You're okay with that. Um, just because it is not what you see in the movies. It's highly stigmatized, too. Yeah. Like, it's a big... Mm. Yeah. So... Um, so I went and did some web sleuthing of my own, um, to find out some information more about bipolar disorder than what I knew. Um, so I went, ended up going to the National Mental Health Institute and also wondermind.com. Okay. Okay. And so the estimated and, um... The estimated amount of people in the United States alone with bipolar disorder is 4.4%. Okay. Doesn't sound like a whole lot. Mm-mm. That equals to be about 14,520,000 people. That sounds like a lot more. That's a lot more. It's the same thing, though. Um, and there's three different types of bipolar disorder. Didn't know that. So you have bipolar 1 disorder, and this is where you experience those manic episodes. Okay. Um, and sometimes depressive episodes. So you feel wired, you feel elated, you can even be agitated or irritable, Um, have very little interest in sleeping or eating, you have like a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll speak faster, they'll think faster, but they also, sometimes this is where the delusions come in. Okay. And a manic episode. Where you'll think you're on a special mission from God. Somebody's chasing you, you know, paranoid thoughts. Or you're going to find the cure for cancer in your kitchen with the herbs. Okay. Um, and and, and it, it's the type of thinking that nobody can talk you out of. Yeah. Um, so these manic episodes... So you have to go, in order to meet the criteria for bipolar 1... 
you have to have it symptoms for at least a week and most of the day every day for that week um and that sometimes these manic episodes can become so severe that they require emergency hospital treatment okay that's the one that's bipolar one um bipolar two um oh, oh also with the bipolar one these individuals also can get the periods of depressed mood yeah okay where they're really low really really low like have trouble getting out of bed low okay and that any small decision can feel completely crushing okay and sometimes they run together oh that sounds awful yes and it's this is the really dangerous because you have all this energy but you're super low so you feel like your insides have to be like shaking and jumbled, but your body won't respond to the movement almost? Right. And that's when they're most likely, most at risk for suicidal behavior. Okay. Because um, you feel absolutely hopeless, but you have yeah. all this energy and you don't know what to do. Mm, okay. So. So is bipolar one the most, that's the most severe? I would say, in my unprofessional opinion, okay. I would say. So bipolar two um, has hypomanic episodes which are less th- severe than pure manic episodes like okay. you you can still feel really like energetic not sleep as much and you can have some reckless behaviors like gambling and promiscuity and bad decision making and then like sometimes when people come out of one of these hypomanic states they're like that's not like me mm, okay. that kind of thing and they also have more bipolar 2 has more depressed okay so they stay more they'll be more on the depressed side of that loop than the manic side. Um, And then there's this, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's Sitho-Psychomythic Disorder. Okay. Okay, which is they will have periods of both hypomanic and depression for at least two years, but it doesn't meet the full criteria of bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. Okay. So they'll have periods of this. But it's not as severe. Okay. Not like the week or two weeks or right. whatever. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. Many people who suffer with bipolar disorder will absolutely cop to feeling the, depress- the depression. Yeah. And they're really low. But they don't really notice their manic states. Is it because that's the time that they feel the best? Yes. Absolutely. So... Um, th- they think their brain is working extra well during this period. Yeah, like everything's extra clear to them. But in in all honesty, it's really, really not. Yeah, it's above and beyond. Like it's over a normal response. Yeah. So it's also common for people with bipolar disorder or any of these disorders that a bipolar one, two, uh, psychomythic disorder. Um, to also have comorbidities mental health wise so like anxiety ADHD eating disorders and substance abuse Hmm. Um, the most effective treatment for bipolar disorder is uh, mood stabilizers and the most typical mood stabilizer subscribed is lithium for bipolar 1 disorder because it helps with severe mood okay Um, and then the next um, is an atypical antipsychotic. 
Is that like she was on Wellbutrin? Is do we know? Full? That's a that is a antidepressant. Okay. Yeah, and that I was gonna say there's two other classes of drugs that can also be um, prescribed your your anti-anxiety medications mm-hmm. and also your antidepressants for the lows to, to battle. So you're just trying to keep that level up. So you're addressing anxiety, depression, all of that to yeah. keep it same level. You're trying to stay steady, yeah, versus very high and very yeah. or very low ups you're, and down. Yeah, you're trying to stay kind of steady. So I, I found that interesting. I, I learned something. Yeah, and when I had looked up just briefly, I didn't realize the suicide rate among people with bipolar is extremely high. Oh, like really? it, yeah, it's. I a, didn't look up the suicide rate. I, well, because of this case, right? Um, just the stigma that comes with it, usually yep. by having that diagnosis in and of itself, and right. then because of the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs, and like you said, feeling so, just like, the decision to get up and take a shower is just too much. Right. Like it leads a lot to. Suicide. suicide. I mean, yeah, especially if you're going through, like like I said, both at the same time. Your yeah, that racing, sounds terrible. You're, you're just so low. Yeah. So you know that comes with, like, negative thoughts, too, oh, yeah. right? So, like, that's a battle. Yeah. So this wasn't, like, our traditional true crime, um, but it was definitely... It might lead to me doing a deep dive on the freaking Night Stalker and Hans... I think we should do the Night Stalker because I love the way that he got caught. Okay. And I think that we should cover it because, I mean. Well, it just bothers me that, like, Bob's walking around the Cecil. The, let me tell you what really bothers me <laughs> about this Cecil Hotel. The level of not caring. <laughs> the level of ain't my job. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Because you got serial killers walking around here bloody. You got. In their underwear. In their underwear. And then you. And then even Eliza, Elisa, even Elisa, like, was showing some, like, not okay behavior when she was leaving notes for her roommates. I don't know if I talked about it before, but one of the um, things I had listened to stated that there was a lady who tried to overdose once in the hotel back, you know, way in the beginning. And she actually just wandered around the hotel, I guess, high out of her mind for about three days before anything was ever done about her. Right. So she didn't successfully, you know, kill herself. But the fact that she was, I'm, I'm assuming, just out of her mind, just wandering. And everybody's like, yeah. yeah. It's the Cecil. This is what happened. No. Yeah. It goes back to see something, say something. So I'm going to tell y'all. This is, my, <laughs> this is AC's life advice, okay? We do preach that. See something, say something. If you see a, a dude walking around in his underwear in a hotel, public area, whatever, not not at home, unless it's a stranger, and then you might want to call. <laughs> if it's your significant other, don't call law enforcement. Be like, there's a man in here. <laughs> unless he's got blood all over him and it isn't his. Then you should, I would call. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, hon, but I'm calling. Right. Like, <laughs> and maybe ask some questions. Maybe should make sure he's not injured. I That's what I'm saying. If it isn't his, like, <laughs> who blood is that? <laughs> right. Where'd you come from? I got so many questions. Why are you in your underwear? <laughs> Why was your first instinct to strip? Like, <laughs> right. Well, what evidence are you trying to get rid of? Right. <laughs> Who's next? Okay, ain't gonna be me. <laughs> Seriously, all all jokes aside, if you see something bizarre, call them. 
you can get familiar with your local non-emergency number if you don't feel like they actively. We are. <laughs> they know this. That they've actively done something, but it's like it's a little suspect. It's suspicious. You can call it in, be like, hey. Joe Schmoe's in the hotel. He got off on room floor. He wasn't wearing nothing but tidy whities And had blood on him. And he had blood on him. And, you know, there's been all these murders lately in the area. Perhaps they are linked. You know. That's all it took. Mayhap. He's just walking around, you know. It's okay to call the police. And, I mean, clearly they've been called to the Cecil before for the other dude walking around with the blood that wasn't Goldie. It was just, ah, that's fine. So they're they're cool with it. Yeah. They'll come check it out. It's okay. Yeah, it, perfectly it, fine. Call them. Call. I'd call. rather call and be wrong than not call and participate in night stalkerness or just any of that shenanigans. Yeah. It's literally like not my job. <laughs> yeah, they're literally like don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. like how many people had to see this man in his underwear? With blood. See, it bothers you that he's in his underwear. Yeah. It bothers me that he was bloody in his underwear. Oh, it definitely is terrible. But the first thing I'm going to notice if the elevator doors open is that you're naked. Is that you in tidy whities? I don't think they had boxers then, so I'm sure you get some tidy whities chilling at the door. We got a problem. I'm getting off. Uh, oh yeah, that's my floor. <laughs> Look at here, it's my floor. I don't care. Yeah, I'm with you 100. I'm, I'm going to check out. I'm going <laughs> to get my family. My family wouldn't be at this hotel. And again, leave. Leave. So if you go to a hotel and you walk in and you're you're but sticking. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It smells. It smells. It stinks. You see and, foreign liquid. <laughs> and you can't determine what it is. It's okay to leave. Yeah. I mean, I understand that's your money. Try to get your money back. If you can't, I'm sorry. Go home. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And if you, heaven forbid, in the United States, you turn on the water and it is brown and stinks do not put that in your mouth. <laughs> well, they weren't from the U.S. I know. I don't know what they got going on over there, but <laughs> don't do that. I agree. It should not have to be a PSA that's given out. Don't drink brown water. Don't drink it. <laughs> Seriously. Don't wash with it. Don't drink don't it. Don't put it in your mouth. Yeah, don't do not do any part of any part of brown water. And if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. All right, coffee breakers. We're out till Friday. Bye. Good night. Thank you.